This is the coolest show brought to you by Hip Hop Caucuses. Think 100%. It's the coolest show you know. Keep the culture connected. It's the coolest show you know. In your ear, yeah, respect the expert level information, entertainment, education. Rev here, we got you covered as you hit your destination. Climate rules everything around me. Cream. For those who lost focus, close your eyes and just dream. Open your third eye, now the world is your off. Coolest, coolest show you know. It's the hip hop call. Hey everybody, welcome to The Coolest Show, Season 4. I am really honored to have, be having this conversation today, um, particularly because I'm having it with the producers of The Coolest Show. So without further ado, I want to introduce Dewan Cross, Destiny Hodges, and Tamara Tolls O'Loughlin. Hey producers, how y'all doing? <laughs> Great. Great. How you doing, Rev? Good. I'm doing good. I'm doing. I'm excited for this conversation. I'm excited for this season. I'm excited for all this. But if if y'all can allow me, I actually want to start off with a a word of just acknowledgement or a a word of prayer. Is that okay? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, let's get it. Yeah, Almighty, I just thank you for allowing us to be here. I thank you for allowing for us to bring together this community. Uh, this moment right now is so important for what we have to do. Thank you for bringing us together for the coolest show. Thank you for these amazing producers, for Dwan, for Tamara, and for Destiny. Almighty, we just actually right now to guide us, to lead us. We know that we are the descendants of those who came before us, our ancestors, who fought so hard for liberation and for our survival. So right now, we want to just bring us together. We want to make sure that this conversation, this platform is used, strictly used, for the upliftment of particularly Black people, but people all over this world. So right now, we actually just to guide us, lead us, bless us, bless all the guests who are going to be a part of this conversation. We know there's so many people who are hurting, who are struggling, who are going through. We actually right now to let this conversation be a vehicle for our freedom. In the name that all the children call you by. Amen. So here we are. So let's get it, let's get it started. I mean, I I really want people to hear from y'all. Y'all are to me phenomenal and amazing. So I don't know who wants to start, but for folks who are just tuning into our podcast, what is the coolest show? I have been thinking about this a little bit, and I'll say that it feels like the coolest show is a garden for the movement. And, and and to be more frankly, we're, we are kind of like the soil of a movement that exists, whether we are there or not, but we're good soil, right? You know, we are the thing that moves in between the things that folks can see. So you come to it and you drop some seeds. And in this case, you know, the seeds can be folk who are just doing this work without any recognition and people who are really visible but what they're trying to do is grow something that will make this work irresistible. And so the cooler show is the soil where good stuff gets grown, where good stuff emerges 
and and whether those soils are celebrity seeds or just the stuff your mama had in her purse, some amazing things seem to come out of it over the course of a season. And when you look at them all together, it feels like a place where our community gets nourished and trying to continue to do this work. Mm. So before before Destiny and, and Cross hop in here, I got to respond. Actually, there's tomorrow on that because I love that. I mean, that really touched my heart. But as you mentioned, good soil, that means there's bad soil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the news is full of it. Joe Rogan. I mean, I just want to say that like, there's lots of places where, you know, the, I, as a person who spends a lot of time, you know, moving up and through the Eastern seaboard, that as you get further south towards Alabama, towards Mississippi, towards Tennessee, you start to see these plots. And then on the plots, they're like four or five different kinds of soil. There's clay soil. There's like whether it's a lot of nitrogen in it or it's used or it's out to try to gain some good nutrients from the earth. People who are into growing things know that soil is the thing that you actually are investing your money in, whether you pay other people for equipment or other stuff. And so yeah, I I feel really proud to be in that good soil. Mm. That you know, the right amount of nitrogen, the right amount of fertilizer, the right amount of air, the right amount of water. Mm. Destiny. Yeah, staying within this like earth forest ecosystem analysis or metaphor. Um, I think the coolest show reminds me a lot of a root system, right? So we talk about grassroots and being able to connect people um, and. Plants are really interesting. Like if there's a forest and there's a tree dying, all of the trees in the forest will link together with the roots and send extra water to that tree to nourish it. And so I think, or at least I would hope that The Coolest Show can grow into being a root system where we connect guests to each other um, and send nutrients, send resources where we can. And we do that offline. So what people don't know is when we have guests, you know, we'll connect with them offline about resources they need, any funds we might have. Uh, Etc. So it's it's very much a communication channel, right? Like sharing the good news and updates about what we are doing in the movement um, that other folks might not know, and kind of plugging in moments for people to link up once they hear it. Like, oh, you know, that aligns with me. Let me find so and so and seek them out, or let me ask Grab, or let me ask Destiny um, how to get connected to them. So I see it as a root system, an ecosystem, and quoting guests a safe place to commune and speak freely. Mm. So, Cross, before you hop in, that's I have a follow-up to you on that. So then, in the root, how do you deal with the, this is kind of the, the good soil, bad soil, how do you deal with mm-hmm. the bitter root? That's a good question. Um, there are many ways to deal with the bitter root. But I think here, um, we more so take an observation seat and allow people to show whether or not they are good or bad root and allow the audience to kind of distinguish that themselves. Um, we're not here to call anybody out or, you know, given the cancel culture necessarily, we're here to give a platform so people can vocalize what it is they're working on and tell their strategy and, you know, their story of now where they're going. And then the audience can kind of judge for themselves because people tell their stories here, right? We're, we're practicing storytelling and who am I to say that somebody's story is, you know, bad or good per se we just all can listen in on each other's experiences and see whether or not we align Mm -hmm. a good gardener would say uh you just got to find the right recipe for it come on Mm -hmm. the right mix (laughs) like that like bitter 
Bitter is a whole category. Bitter, Some plants yeah. can't grow in certain soil, you know? So mm. we got to just find it out as we go. Yeah. Mm. So much there, y'all. I mean, there's so much there. But <laughs> Cross, as we call you, what is the coolest show? <laughs> yeah, uh, the coolest show is... To go with what Destiny just said, it's definitely a, a safe space, um, you know, where we can share information. Uh, it's it's archives, you know, it's history uh, in the making. And it's, it's something important that the folks that's in the movement today are learning from the stories of what's happening now and the folks in the future will too. Just the same way, you know, we, um, we learn, Rev, you know, as our host has a great way of like connecting the past uh, fights in the movement. Uh, to current fights and, you know, kind of given the history of how we got here. So once you understand that history, you know, if you don't, if you don't know it, then you're just be bound to make the same mistakes uh, over and over again, you know? So I think that the coolest show is really, is it's a history class. Like when I'm listening to even the preparation for the podcast, if, if we could bottle that up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To put that out there, you know, folks will be, you know, amazed. I know I'm, I'm, I'm always amazed when, you know, everybody can kind of get together and just, you know, throw things at the board and just kind of see what sticks. But history lesson, that is the coolest show, uh, is what we're trying to, trying to introduce to the, to the world. You know, something across, that's what you described. No, no, no. And I said, it's amazing (laughs) because one of the things folks who don't know, our producers meetings are legendary. Y'all don't know y'all. We, 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 we have the most amazing, And I wish we, I guess we're doing it now. This is part of it. This is part of our (laughs) conversations that we're we're having that we're opening up to you right now as you're listening. But our producers meetings are amazing because it's a place where we have all of these conversations. Tamara, this is is one of your favorite questions that you always make sure we ask all of the guests. I guess I'm not sure if you or Destiny, but both of you, I I know you make sure this one is definitely asked. I'm asking of you off the top. Who is our community? Everybody. I mean, I think we Everybody? we cater to people. Yeah, I mean, I think if you love black people, it probably hurts less. I w- I would say that. So so based on your connection, relationship, adoration, um, connection to black people, this is a great place to be or a difficult place to be. Um, the one thing it isn't is a place where we screen folks for that. So. Our community of folks who are practitioners and activists and knowledge workers and healers and politicians and celebrities and in their own right, in the eyes of a community that's largely invisible, um, I would say writ large, we are proof that there's a whole interior life for black people that isn't something you see normally. And so we're proof that we exist. That's I see over there nodding. I was just like, mm. you know, sometimes you just gotta, mm. like, tomorrow you say a word. Yeah, you gotta word. take it in. Right. Yeah. Gotta sit on that. Um, I think this question for me is personal, right? Because um, we're all the producers of the show. So that means that, like, you know, our personal lives and ideology and how we move form the collective goals. Um, and for me, my community is, is Black folks, any and everybody Black. Um, that cares about black people and does not harm black people. That's my community. Right. Um, first and foremost, I stand for black fans always. So that's how I show up in the space. Um, also making sure that there's representation spread across the board and who are black people, right? Black folks are everywhere. We have a whole diaspora. 
um, you know, we're in Europe, we're in the Gulf South, we're on the continent, we're in the Caribbean, um, and we're doing different things. We have different interests speaking to Tamara's point about interior life, right? Some people um, might not even at first connect their work to climate, right? But that doesn't mean it, it's not. Um, yeah, so I think any and everybody Black is my community. Um, but of course, I come from the South. I come from Alabama. So the Southeast is my home. Um, and then every day I work with folks um, throughout the diaspora and I'm in my other capacity um, running an organization called Generation Green. So the whole diaspora is my community. And as Issa Rae said, I'm rooting for any and everybody Black. So, yeah. I, I love that. And, and it's actually funny when I, and you say that because for folks who are listening, we, we are not a monolith. Uh, the producers are not monolith, so you should know. And I am not. I am not. So you should know that everybody here, I won't, I won't say who's what, but we have folks in this in our little grouping here of producers and hosts that 20s, people who are in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, and their 50s. So we come from different different lenses as of life and different places. How does that affect us for our community cross? That's uh, great. Actually, when you, when you break it down like that, Rev, um, I hadn't even thought about it that way, um, honestly, but to hear you put it that way is it one that keeps us relevant. You know, one thing with that we know as being just black folks in general is that, you know, we have our own languages, right? So, and if you grew up in the seventies, you might speak a little bit different than the than the uh, jive turkeys in the uh, in the eighties. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, so it's just, <laughs> it didn't like if you get to the nineties, you know, kind of like you know, it's a it's a you got Wu Tang, you know, it's a whole different it's a whole different lingo, you know what I'm saying? Then you get to the two thousands, you know, so it keeps us able to communicate, uh, you know, just throughout the the generations. Um, we can all c- connect. You know, we can all share knowledge and we, you know, we can all unite, you know, on the same on the same understanding that, OK, we are black. We all have this same lived experience. Um, you may have seen it different through your uh, generation's perspective, but everything is really still the same. You know what I'm saying? So we just it, it helps us, you know, kind of bridge the bridge the gap um, so that, you know, it's, it's not an age. You know, we can kind of not have the ageism thing that's that. C- that tends to like happen a lot. You know what I'm saying? People who are, you know, a little older sometimes may be like, well, I don't get it. You know, I remember I, I, you know, I kind of went through that growing up, you know what I'm saying? I can get that. But it, as I got older and matured, I always, you know, make sure I had older friends and younger friends so that I can kind of have both experiences. So I think that's just important in our community uh, period so that we don't, you know, lose sight that, um, you know, just because somebody's older or somebody's younger, then you can't uh, learn from them or you can't fight together. I think that's one thing I learned from you too, Rev, is, you know, me joining this is that, oh, okay, yeah, you know, uh, Rev is like, he's like an uncle and a big brother at the same time. So it's like, <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's how I look at it. <laughs> I want to, I want to support that, Rev. And just say that, you know, it's more like a family, which are, families are multi-generational. Like we don't have a context of of doing things where just one group of people is doing it unless the other group wants you to go somewhere. You know, so like I grew up sitting between my grandmother's knees, you know, being told that I'm both tender headed and, you know, 
and and doing my community duty of getting my hair braided. Like I spent so much of my childhood between my grandmother's kneecaps mm. waiting for my hair to be done so I could go out and run with my cousins. And in between, there's people in the kitchen, people in the living room, people in the hallway, people sitting at the bar that my grandfather built in the living room so that they could have social hour uh, in the house. And so it feels kind of like a family where different people have different kinds of information. And you look at your uncle and you're like, he's crazy, but he's really for me, you know? Or my aunt, she really has great style. And I don't know half of what she's saying. And then later on, you know, you realize that you have some relationship. In my own family, Ma was the first Buddhist I ever met. We didn't, I didn't know what that was. I saw her sitting in a living room chanting. And I was like, what kind of stuff is my aunt into now? It's the eighties and she's just sitting on a pillow and and what is she doing? You know, I'm vegetarian. There's so many things that I didn't understand at that time, but sitting in between my grandma's knees, I was taught to maybe observe and do a little bit less talking and try to figure out what's happening in the room. And by listening to other people, I learned so many things I didn't have to experience. So it feels like being in this group is a, is another version of that where we all just bring so many different things and by listening to each other we grow what the offering is. Mm. Wow, that was beautiful. Look at look at this. This is black. This is black. I like that. This is black. Yes, we are recreating that moment for tomorrow every day. Yes. Um, I just want to touch on the intergenerational part as the youngest person. Um, here as the youngest. I didn't say no ages. You know that how you know how this. I didn't say we had somebody in twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties. Yeah, and that's the that's the that's the got to make sure that I don't make sure y'all listening. I am the youngest. I, I was I was gonna say with that car I had on, you might be the forty year old. I, don't, I, mean, I just want to point that out. I just want to put know, that I'm out. Old head on the low. I'm definitely somebody's <laughs> uncle. Like throw on some Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Isley Brothers, and you know I'm jamming. So so yeah. Um, but as the the youngest person, I want to speak to the intergenerational and safe space part because mm. I think uniquely what we do here is we really do provide a safe space for any and everybody, all ages. And that's not something that's common in this movement or even in this line of work or even in our community, to be honest with respectability politics. Um, So I think that this is a unique space for that, like making sure that we value people, not just for their work, but for their humanity. Right. And that there's no threshold to like your level of professionalism based on the amount of activism or, or, you know, like we don't, we don't operate like that. We see people as, as humans. And when we show up in this space and when they show up in this space, this is a a chance to bond in our humanity. Um, Meaning like, I'm not just looking for a checklist of like, what are your accomplishments? You know, it's not like that. Um, And so I think that's very important to know about the safety of the space. You know, that's, I want to, I want to stay there with you. Um, I think it's important because, you know, when we are having our production meetings and our booking meetings, it's clear that we have, and if you listen, and hopefully this is, you're, you're getting tuned in here. Hopefully you are a regular of our family if you're listening now. If you're just tuning in to the Cooley Show, one thing you'll notice from the past seasons is that we have guests who are in their 20s, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and older. And so when we're having our production meetings, it hits differently. So folks who are listening, it may hit tomorrow or across or destiny differently. And how, how can I say how people are responding and the questions that we ask them, that we want even that 
to come across. That's so destiny. Sometimes it gets a little, I won't say it gets heated, but sometimes we, we, there's some conversations with folks in different generations, not from an ageism, but just in how they're approaching it and how you may see it. And then how tomorrow may see it. I may see it. How do we bring all that together? Cause you look at our roster, you'll see folks who are also in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, even eighties. All black, mostly all, mostly all black, mostly women, but different. How does all of that come together, and how do we ensure the questions, the style of the show, all works? Ooh, um, I, I really like Tamara's um, inner child of sitting between her grandmother's knees. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna use that for a moment because that's so beautiful. Yeah, um, it kind of makes me think of something similar. I think the coolest show in bringing that together is the audience is is in Tamara's position as a young kid, right? Watching, listening, taking in all the information, seeing who's out there, seeing what they're good at, seeing, you know, through the way they speak, what their ideology is, how they move, what they want to do, and whether or not that aligns with them, them being the audience, right? And then from that experience, they have the opportunity to maybe act on that knowledge, right? Like maybe they want to get involved in the movement, or maybe they want to link up with Hip Hop Caucus or that organization, that person, or go into that field or do some research on that and incorporate that into their personal work. Or even when people talk about stuff outside of like just movement and organizing, like their personal ways of healing, you know, or staying grounded, maybe they want to incorporate that in their lives. It's a communal sharing, right? And that's, that's how I think we bring that all together. We create the space for the knowledge to be shared and to be shared again or to be taken and, you know, anything can be done with it. And in this season, I think we're being more intentional about that, making sure we really connect people offline um, and mobilize resources more. But yeah, I think, I think it's just a a practice of community learning. There we go. That is um, the pedagogy that I really subscribe to um, at my organization, making sure that everybody who's teaching or learning is also doing the opposite. So it's reciprocal, right? I take in some information, I'll go teach it to my friend in conversation, or maybe I'll put it into practice. Um, and then I'll also give back, right? Because people who are guests on the show are like, hey, um, you should put this person on the show sometimes. Like they're doing this right now. This is dope. So it's a, it's a loop community. Tomorrow? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think from the kinds of questions that folks get asked to thinking about where, um, where the connection to even join the conversation comes from and what it means to the rest of the conversation that's being had, whether, you know, we're talking to Michael Regan or Sharon Levine, like these are people who might be in the same conversation, but are coming at it from different angles. And the, and the podcast has to make sense to every kind of person who might happen on that. And we don't do that by, you know, consistently talking to people as though they're not already in the conversation. And so I find that, um, to be like a really nice thread that whether you're hearing about this for the first time, we don't assume the person that we're talking to is acting alone. We usually ask them, you know, what is your context and where are you going back to and what kinds of things do you want to see in the work and in the world? And I think that helps people take what they're hearing back to where they are because podcasts like radio and television before it, you know, television, you're, you're someone who's being entertained when something's in your ear it's in your life. So whether you are in your kitchen or talking to your aunt or moving through a hallway, you know, the podcast is actually with you. And in some ways it is embedded in your life. So if we tell 
um, folks to talk to someone as though they're in a conversation by opening up opportunities for them to really dig deep and get past the more superficial parts of what they might say as they're coming through a public a public space. Uh, it, it ends up being something that's that's more interesting organically. And I gotta say, for folks who are listening, one thing about tomorrow, you 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 probably realize this. Tomorrow is that person who goes into the supermarket buys a type of rice, loves the rice so much that then she becomes not only a cook of the rice, but then she actually buys the company who actually sells the rice. So tomorrow was, has, is start off as a guest and then came on as a host. And then now as a producer and back to a host. So please know that she is someone who's like, I like this. I'm here. I'm going to be a part of. I, I'm going to be a part. So tomorrow, I actually want to ask you this question as a as a, as a follow up to that. Um, you know, in our people know that we have a lot of. If you don't notice, a lot of our conversations are, as Destiny mentioned, mostly with black and brown and indigenous people, people of color, but mostly black people. Um, who are in this movement. And a lot of times what we realize as producers is that we sometimes tear the Band-Aid off. And we've had mm-hmm. many conversations when after the audio stops and the recordings end, our guests break down crying. And that's I think that's one of the reasons why, y'all, I'm the host. I'm not the host because I'm super great. Uh, I think I think I do a decent job, but I'm a host probably more so for my pastoral because I am rev. And I think mm-hmm. that I am able to kind of use that training, that pastoral care to really have those conversations offline. So if you don't know that we have, that's the part of it. But there are times in our production meetings when we actually come up, am I the right person? And then we have other guests. We have, we have celebrity guests like Anthony Smith. I mentioned sometimes Tomorrow will come on and she will she will come in here and, and host. But one of the times I remember that is when we were dealing with w- black women's health. And, yeah. you know, tomorrow in Destiny, I asked y'all, I said, am I the right one to have that conversation? Yeah. And y'all said, yes. That's right. Um, tell, tell, tell our listeners why that was important. Well, I can kick it off yeah. and say part of why I I said, yes, we should is because the one thing that that is not always a part of the public narrative is that we are a family, a unit. And this is important for a black woman to co-sign about what black women are doing to protect their health mm. as to have a black man do it. Because those dynamics are part of our history on these lands is the separation of our family, the inability to offer each other care in the public, to have people take apart your associations. And so as important as it is to make sure that folks are in a position to tell their stories in their own words, making sure we are publicly seen caring for each other and offering support and being a listening ear is, is half the work. So it would have been great to have a a black woman hold that space, but those black women were holding that space. What they need is to be able to publicly be in relationship and not have that become a spectacle or have it being taken apart. Or, you know, so much of media is about the separation of black men and black women, the destruction of family and people having to choose as though we're not all connected. Mm -hmm. So the, Mm -hmm. the dynamics of that and the visuals of it 
are as important as the sound of us affirming each other and just being able to say, I hear you, I see you, we are not separate. Wow. Destiny, what do you think? Um, I think, Rav, we said you as a person because Black men and Black women or Black fans need to have that conversation. That's, that's not even a conversation that happens actively in the community. So for us to bring it to the podcast and focus on that topic and to have that that personal dialogue, that intracommunal dialogue, it was important for there to be representation in that, right? The conversation didn't censor Black men, but we're in community with one another, right? We want the best for one another, or at least that's how we show up here in The Coolest Show. And so we felt we wanted to represent mm-hmm. that within the conversation um, right. because those are actual conversations that I'm having with my friends who are Black men every day. Like I'm, we're having conversation about the realities of black men and women and where we are. And there's things that they don't know. And there's things that I don't know. And we learned through that. So we were representing community learning, um, in the flesh, how it happens or how it should be happening, um, in real life. And so that's why we felt that it was important for you to, to lead that conversation or not necessarily lead it, but, you know, ask the questions and host it and be a part of it. Yes. No, that's, I think that's important. Cross, I, I'll tell you, you know, one of the moments for me that really, I'd say it opened my eyes, but, you know, on the other side of that is that we had, obviously, we have a lot of series. We had a petrochemical series. We had different series. But one of the things that we also highlight, one of the things that really touched me was also we highlighted all of the folks from the LGBTQIA community who have been on the mm-hmm. show. And then, and it's in their capacity. Um, and we brought that out and I realized one cross, how much, how much hurt has been done by particularly the black church to the queer community. And I also, I realized how much love and that building is important in these conversations. Why is that part important as well? Okay. So it goes deep, right? I came from, you know, a household very, you know, religious, things like that. But the one thing that I learned early was not to judge people no matter what walks of life, right? So even though my mom would go to church Sunday through pretty much Sunday, uh, <laughs> she, you know, she, she she understood and she was, you know, she didn't judge. Uh, you know, I have family members that are gay, uh, that are queer and they have said to me like man you know your mom man she doesn't like of all the folks in the family I would have thought that she was going to be the one I'm like nah she just she just gets it she she just loves people right and so to hear the stories of you know of folks that 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 wanted you know that have wanted to go to church that have wanted to be a part of that community but that have not been accepted um you know they've been out kind of outcast you know told that what their lifestyle what they believe how they feel um, is a, is is not a you know not a pure act of God you know things like that so it's been a big just miss uh, it's just been a big miss period on how to kind of bring the community together um, you know because at the end of the day we're all black love love cures all really it does I know it sounds like a little cliche and corny sometimes but it really does it like like you know. I I figured out in my life that if I want to be mad, I'm going to be mad. But if I don't want to be mad, I don't have to be mad. Right. So when I go around with that, that attitude that, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna be happy today. My day is better. It really, it, it really is. Things happen all the time, but you control how you feel about things and how you perceive things. So I think just the, you know, the separation as a whole, you know, it just has been something that is sad, you know what I'm saying? And 
it's it's caused you know our our brothers and sisters to shy away you know from from certain things where we kind of all you know like I said we all need each other. No, that's beautiful. Well, that all, I want to yeah go ahead. I want to cut and say that you know that it's like a family. Mm. Like in my family, nobody asks you know is that your daddy. You know, we were just like, well, you're in here, so you must be in the group. You know, like, like we, like every person who happened to be on my grandmother's couch or hanging out in the living room or asking someone for advice or if they could help them figure out how to answer a problem. Like, we we solve things together. There are no separations that make us not us. And so, I cannot, as a person who is a deeply religious person, my when my family we joke sometimes we're so religious you can't tell. Um, because, because, because it is very, it's very little of it is about the place where you go. Most of it is about the relationships that you invest in. And there's no other part of the rev, there's no part of the revolution where these divisions are helpful to us. So there's no way that I would def- like defy, uh, the vision of the future that we're all in by deciding that some parts of our community are not welcome. And the old church made mistakes there trying to follow a specific, um, determinations made by individuals, none of which are in the manual. I was on a panel uh, the other day and I said, you know, rather whatever the good book is that you read it, if you read it right, it reads kind of like a, a really nice uh, hot drama that you might find on 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Because it's about people rea- reacting to the relationships above them, below them, beside them. And all of that is pretty steamy. So, so I cannot imagine that the work for people and planet of uh, uh, the work of thriving and moving from um, surviving just barely as a culture and a community is one where we could break ourselves up into enough groups to accomplish that. So, so the, the fight for trans rights and queer safety, the right to not be murdered in your own home while you're asleep, whether you Eleanor bumpers or, or, or Brianna Taylor, it does not have an, a wing in it where we're for people who are already of us. Mm. That part. This is this is intersectional. Um, and I thought of this earlier, Rev, when I was when you were talking, as Audrey Lord said, you know, we don't live single issue lives. So none of this work is single issue. Um, none of the, the ways that we have conversations or interviews are single issue. Um, we're talking about humanity and our future. And I think that's one of the roles of this show. Right. Is it's not just a show. It's community. Um, and we're building community and struggle. Right. But not just in struggle in our humanity with one another <clears throat> and sharing stories. And I think like one of the foundations of oppression is people don't have humanity. That doesn't matter. So I can do whatever over them um, in, the, in the name of greed, money, white supremacy, so on and so forth. And so creating spaces where we're able to share perspective from different identities, um, different lenses on the work, different backgrounds, different experiences creates community. And that's how we hey. move on the cool hey. show. We are so cool. Destiny, I, I, I want to yeah. get us to, to how all that brings us to now in season four. I'm excited about that. But I got to ask this question, which you just said. I think this is so important. You know, in the civil rights movement or during that time frame, what we, a lot of people didn't realize, I just found this out myself, literally, is that Negro baseball was also a way for folks to come together and organize that when they would go around to different cities that they would actually be having sometimes be having meetings and discussions about civil rights and what to do and how things happen. 
And there actually was a time when a lot of the Negro baseball and other Negro leagues that were happening at that time, the Negro Basketball League or whatever, that they were, it was, that was almost the front to create the liberation. I gotta, I gotta ask you, Destin, everybody. It almost sounds like the coolest show kind of feels like the, the Negro leagues of the past. And what is almost like that's the front, but behind the curtain is liberation. Would you agree with that? Yes, I did know about that. Um, and that's just another example of the black radical tradition, right? Meaning for those who don't know ways that we carry on as a people resisting oppression um, and how that shows up throughout time, throughout history. There, there's more context to it, but that's the gist. Um, that's, that's just another example of that. And I would think that, yes, the coolest show is a version of that in the 21st century. Um, and what has been consistently important, whether it was done or not, is our narrative and who controls the narrative and who are we providing space to, to, to vocalize the narrative, right? What do they look like? Where do they come from? What's their perspective? Is it outside the norm? Is it divergent? Um, and I would say here, the coolest show is definitely divergent in the context of the climate movement. Um, and in the context of many movements, to be honest, regarding how we're bringing things together intersectionally and who's bringing voice to that. Who are we giving platforms to? As you mentioned, our guest for season three was predominantly like all black and all black women, um, but also um, black indigenous people of color. Right. Um, and I think it's very much kind of. I don't know, right? Not you expose it with the podcast is. But, nah, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> but it very much is like that that place for us to convene and organize amongst ourselves without not doing it in a way that people normally associate with with organizing, right? And that brings up a whole nother yeah. conversation, Elaine, that I won't go down too deeply about conflating activism, mm. organizing, what is digital organizing in this digital age. And I would say that the coolest show is a means of digital organizing, of narrative organizing, of using stories to to organize, to I'll, bring I'll people just say, together. I don't know that it's either or. Like, I will keep saying it until people keep asking me, you, you do this and you do that. Right. I'm like, I look forward right. to only having the need to do just this thing, right? So, like, we have always been both and people. So the joy of watching somebody throw a baseball and seeing a fine form human hit be like, you know, hit some speeds you never thought a person could do is just as useful as the organizing that it takes to get people to show up to that thing, to feel safe, to be able to park. Like you want to talk about organizing, try to get people to park anywhere. I mean, in the moment where everybody lives on, on, on a computer, it's difficult, but like the real organizers are at any event are the marshals. And the, and the people you don't see who make sure there's a space for everyone to park, a place for them to go and to ingress and egress. And so I would say that like the entertainment that happens on top of that, the community building that happens around it, the food vendors that make tons of money while people eat, like all of that stuff is always mm. happening in it at once. And it was happening ever since people have been gathering It is what we call community. So I would say that the, you know, the, the idea that the coolest show provides nourishment, engagement, organizing, and a, and a means of ingress and egress is a part of a tradition of thinking the whole thing through that we are known for. Mm, I'm so excited. So, man, this is so exciting. So with that, tomorrow, Destiny and Cross, what do we have to look for in season four? I mean, obviously, season three uh, pretty much took place during the first year of the Biden administration. It kind of tailed the end of the 
previous administration. A lot was going on in regards leading to COP26. A lot was happening in regards to internationally. We were in the middle of a pandemic, so we're doing things via Zoom. So now things are changing. So where do we go from there? What What's the next piece in this process? Talk about who we're booking, how we didn't take all the things you talked about, <laughs> bring it together and do better. Uh, what's the, uh, this, what, what's next? So season four, how do you make it better? And I do mean better because uh, Madam Producer, Sir Producer, y'all are <laughs> award-winning uh, podcast producers. So congratulations on that. How do you make this better? How do you deal with the urgency <laughs> How do you bring people together? How do you tell the story? How does all those things, what's next? How do we bring this together yeah. for season four of The Coolest Show? Yeah, um, well, in season three, we definitely created uh, and started what I feel uh, just as a narrative of what I would call the, the path, right, to get us to uh, where we're trying to go. So um, through that, we spoke about centering uh, the narrative that if black people aren't engaged, there is no movement and uh, black people are the ideal environmentalists and black liberation. Right. And so we we what we don't want to do is like we're not uh, reinventing the wheel. Right. So we're going to add on top of that. Um, we're going to start, you know, uh, presenting more solution based conversations. Basically, what are the next steps, you know, after identifying these issues that we have, uh, you know, helped bring the light? Um, and how do we amplify, you know, support, uh, you know, our folks that's doing the work on the ground? And, you know, things like what, what as a culture, uh, what must we do to, you know, bring change? Also, you know, what I, what I realized is last season we uh, had separate buckets for uh, climate and culture, but this season we're we're putting them in one, right? So we're so we want climate and culture to be th it's the, it's one and the same, um, and it goes back to why that's important, why that's urgent. It's because it's just what I said. Without you know black folks, there there is no there there is no movement. Mm. Uh, and what is our culture? You know who is our culture? You know we have a lot of folks that see what we do, they like what we do, and they and they make it, you know, mainstream. Uh the thing about the coolest show is that, you know, we 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 don't have to uh on our platform, we don't have to code switch, you know, we don't have to worry about it being whitewashed or anything like that. You know, we can say what we need to say. And like I said earlier, like we can say it the way that we say it. And throughout the generations, you know, we can have the conversation and so that we can, you know, break it down to each other. Uh, I think that's the main point uh, for this podcast is to start creating more conversation within the community about these uh, topics and narrative. We're going to bring out the discussion of power uh, this season. What is power? Which is a great question. You know, who has the power uh, right now? How do we get power? And most importantly, not most importantly, but most importantly, <laughs> what do we do with the power once we get it? We're going to help define that this season. Uh, we're going to start telling us more stories of, you know, good news that's going on out here. Just through the podcast last season, season three, where we were able to really impact some 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 causes. We definitely want to follow up with, with our folks that, you know, see what's going on after when the cameras leave. Okay, what's still going on in the community? 
you know, we don't want to like we're not those folks that's just going to show up, bring some cameras and leave. We're going to you know, continue to follow up with our people and continue to bring more awareness and more resources as needed. Uh, so that's, mm. you know, definitely uh, what you can look forward to in season four. Uh, you know, just like the story of of the future um, also, you know, and, and just like I said before, like how we've gotten to where we are and where we're going. To, to kind of piggyback off what Tamar said earlier, us being the soil, you know, we want to, the seeds that we're planting, um, you know, we're going to plant more of the, of the, of the celebrity seeds, the, the activist seeds. We're going to have a bunch of seeds and we're going to, you know, the folks that might not come into this work as activists or not even know the reasons why, you know, we're going to have those all moments and, and those uh, moments of explanation, you know, that uh, help them understand and align. We, we, we really just want to, help guide people to make the best decisions. We're not here to say, do this or do that. It's just when people are aware, then they have a sense of responsibility and accountability. And then then they tend to, you know, understand what their purpose is from that point. So I think that's, uh, you know, one of the main focuses of season four is to start going down that, uh, that that path. Wow. I I look forward, I look forward to some of the nitrogen fixing. Like, we're going to bring those, bring those elected officials in and then bring in the handlers and the legislative directors and, and, uh, those, in a, those, uh, uh, when we're talking about government, I'm really excited about bringing in not just the U S government, but all the tribal nations that also include the government of this land. And so mm-hmm. following up on some of the stories of not just what kinds of international incidents are happening when a pipeline is happening, is, is unfolding on people's land, but like, what are people doing about it? What ways are folks making? And so I like to think of those kinds of things as the as the stuff that goes in the soil that makes things grow or not grow. Mm. Um, I think people can expect us to continue to keep it real, right? To speak truth to power. Um, that's what we're always going to do and continue to make space and to hold space um, to continue to be in community and practice community learning. Right. And to continue to hold each other accountable because we do that, whether folks notice it or not. Um, we are showing you how people are holding themselves accountable and how we're asking questions that the community at large is wondering or wants to know. Um, so definitely holding people accountable. Right. But holding people accountable doesn't mean like we're canceling any and everybody. You know, that's another discussion. Um, but it just means that we're asking questions to make people go, hmm. (laughs) And maybe these are questions that they've never been asked before. And so therefore never felt that they had to be accountable for. Um, So those are things that we will definitely continue. We will continue to, to bridge culture and climate, right? Because it's already there. Um, It's just the narrative again, who's providing space to speak to that or highlighting that. Um, So those are, those are things that people can look forward to, especially, um, in terms of Black liberation, the diaspora, right? Bringing in some topics that you might not hear on your regular, regular climate podcast, <laughs> like we always do. Um, yeah, that's what you can expect. Yeah. Uh, on that on that front, I'll call those, that's a fertilizer. And you can't grow nothing without it. I know no that's right. But but we want to fertilize it without petrochemicals. Let's be clear. Let's just make sure hey. we don't want no fertilizer with petrochemicals. Listen, these are <laughs> these are the producers of the coolest show, Duran Cross, Tomorrow Toda Laughlin, and Destiny Hodges. They are telling you, and I will co-sign to look forward to an exciting 
Liberating Season 4. Um, stay tuned, y'all. This is going to be fun. And I think we're going to be going on the road. But So stay tuned to, you know, all that we're doing. So all power to the people. Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Think 100 Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit thecoolestshow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%, which is a non-profit project. Thank you for listening and all power to repeat. It's the coolest show you know. It's the coolest show you know.